Welcome to Real Estate Unscripted, where each week we connect no-nonsense, let's get it done, realtors and lenders from across the country who want to grow our businesses and stay motivated with timely topics and experts in our fields. I'm your host, Marjorie Adam. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Real Estate Unscripted. I'm excited today to have Taylor Goff. We call her Tay-Tay or Yay-Yay, depending what autocorrect does on our texts. <laughs> Say hello. Hi, everyone. So Taylor is our newest team member that started with us last year. So interestingly, I think people hear that and they're like, "Woo, you brought someone on last year as the market was absolutely changing and getting harder. And yes, I did. I feel very strongly that yes, this is a tougher market, but it's a market where we have to prove to our clients the value that we provide and the service level we provide so that we continue to stay super strong. And so I'm going to give you a little evolution. So I think what's important in the evolution of the position and what you do, we're going to talk about. But I also think one of the biggest struggles people have, and we're doing this team series. So if you've been listening and if you haven't, shame on you, you need to go back and you need to listen <laughs> to the Bethany interview and the Brittany interview. But we've been doing spotlights on team members. I think it's super important that people understand the roles of the team members, why they're so important, but also where we find them. Because I think the biggest struggle people have is where do you find great people? And my people have been with me nine years and six years and one year and 15 years. So I really want to have people that stay long-term. So Taylor as well signed a blood oath. Not sure she saw that in the contract. It's very small words. But where did I find you, Taylor? So I feel like it goes way back. We were just talking about that. My husband's best friend works here at Nest and he had just started at Nest in 2019. I was a teacher for six years and I was like, oh, hey, if something ever happens at Nest, let me know. Kind of just forgetting about it. And then of course... COVID hit and education went in a whole different direction. And I was lucky to teach in my home county and be in a really great situation, but it changed from something I didn't want it to be. And I was going through that big, I'm going to change my career. I don't know how to do it. No, I'm not going to do it. Yes, I'm going to do it. I actually was on the couch, like having an emotional moment about it. And my husband's best friend called him. It's like, hey, so there's a team here that I think Taylor would really like, and they're hiring. And then my husband's like, okay, just think about it. Just meet with them. And we had a Zoom call. And once I had the Zoom call, I was like, I'm quitting teaching. I'm done. Because it, it was just like, I think I found your energy and the team's energy was like, oh, it's a family. Like I'm leaving a family that I created in my school and coming to one. So it was like a really easy transition. I think our personalities mesh pretty well. Very well. Initially. And still. A year later, we're still meshing pretty well. Yes. I think it was meant to be. But it's through connection. It like, is. It, and it, that's every person, right? Every person was someone I met through like Bethany was because her husband was mm -hmm. Lucas's coach. Brittany was, I worked with a builder. Her husband did. We met at an event. We got to know each other and became friends. My brother clearly birth was our connection. <laughs> but I think that's important. Where do you find people, right? So to me, it's connections of people that know you and say, gosh, I think you guys right. would be a great fit. And that has worked extremely well and it continues to work. Because I think if Michael, my husband's best friend, referred like says you would be a good fit here I think they'd like you well if I don't trust him then yeah and wow. I trust him too because right. we really love we call him Petey we don't know why actually he's gonna love that when he hears that <laughs> Petey so that connection to him when he said I think you'll love her and I love him listen it's the triangle of trust we mm -hmm. talk about this all the time when we're trying to work with clients and connect with people if I have a great client that I love and they say you're gonna love my friend I probably will whereas if I have a client that I'm like who dog 
foodies and they say, you should work with my friend. Maybe not. <laughs> so that triangle, who do your friends know? Who do your business associates know that they feel would be a great fit for you? I find is the best way to do this. So, and I'm a big fan of connection. I care more about a connection and how we're all going to work together because I feel like I can right. teach from there. So I think if that connection that I really feel this person will mesh well doesn't work, then quite frankly, the qualifications can come later. So I think that's important. So how I found you, we're going to talk a little bit about evolution of teams. So some people on here, I don't care if you're a lender or a realtor or frankly, any business person and you're growing your business, you have that evolution. You start with just you. Everything's going great. I'm super control freak. It needs to always be me. And they hired for me. All me, 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 me. I'm really good at all things. And I'm a control freak. So I don't want to pass something off. And then I realize, well, I don't want to work 100 hours a day. I don't want to never be able to go on vacation. I need to have help, right? So we have that first hire. And your first hire is the do it all right? So they do everything. They have to be a jack of all trades, like the little plate spinner thing, right? That all the plates are spinning. And then you realize, okay, so that went well and they're doing really well, but there's too many systems. Quite frankly, the biggest reason too many leads, too much business. I need someone to take great care of that. We split that person. So let's say in real estate, that first person we said did everything. Now I have two people. So maybe now the one person does leads and schedule and email and the database and events and birthday cards and all those things. Mm -hmm. And the second person does the management, like the listing management and contract to close. That's a natural split of two people. And then you realize, oh, okay, I'm still super heavy involved in things that aren't my highest use. So I'm going to bring another person on. So another way to split that would be, okay, now there's a Marjorie manager, (laughs) full-time job, (laughs) maybe Marjorie and scheduling appointments and database, right? And then we've now split off contract to close and listing management. That makes sense because as we get heavier in listings, there's a lot of details. I know we all are great at it. Look, no one could input a listing in MLS better than me. I mean, I literally was like, I could be in the listing Olympics, but it is not the highest and best use and spending right. all this time in this. And also someone else that a listing partner that clients really loved and, and now has a staging designation, right? That made yeah. sense. And someone that was their concierge from contract to closing, which is where we realtors all like to think we're really good at it. And then we wake up in the middle of the night going, oh boy, forgot that. Right. So now think about that. And now you keep growing and you think, okay, I need a fourth person. And I think people think, well, how do you know what they need to do? Well, to me, it's pretty easy. One, I think that you can get everyone on the team who's very clear on their top three duties or roles to do a stop doing list. What are they doing all day long that's not in their highest and best use based on their position, right? Or what is falling behind because they are so busy in their position? A simple one to me that was very clear was lead management. So I think that most people think, I don't have that many leads for a full-time job, which is why Taylor does lead management and social media, because she's really good at that and all the things and the Canva, the posting on the internet. And so not what I do, but she's really good at that. And she's organized. So let's talk a little bit about lead management especially in this market. So leads are gold. If you don't write that down, if you don't believe that, if you don't understand that, then that's crazy. So leads are gold. Every single lead, gold, especially when the leads are fewer and the market is tougher. But I would argue all the time. I don't think that's something I have to sell to anybody. So however, we all get busy. We all get entrenched in our current business, right? So the person that needs to buy today, the person that needs to sell today, the person that needs to do a loan app today, right? Versus a searcher out here, right? So we know those are non-urgent leads. 
it's harder to follow up on them. They're not less important, but they're less urgent, right? And to me, insane that we would let any lead go, especially in this market. So Taylor and I just did a consultation with this super sweet woman who like anyone would want to work with. Guess what? She was referred to a realtor. Two weeks went by. Realtor didn't contact her. She's not going to wait anymore. Two weeks. Seriously, to not follow up on a lead. Hello. So to me, it's clear, right? Harder to get them. We're not good at following up on them. So we have to have a system for it, a system and a structure from the first time a lead contacts us in whatever business we have, right? Especially in lending and real estate. And then we got to get them under contract and then taken care of till closing. And so what we realized was we were all doing it. We had a lead tracker. Look, I've been coached and coaching for years. It's not that we didn't have a lead tracker. It's not that we didn't have a follow-up system. But when you have people that are in various stages, right? If you think kind of like a race. So if you have your line and you're trying to get them over to the end of the page, some people are moving quickly. Some people are not responding. Some people are not moving for six months. It's a lot of management. And so those, well, they didn't respond. People ended up living on a sheet. It was sort of like this four mm-hmm page document of people that really, if I was at the point, was like, I don't even remember who is this. So because they just disengaged, right? And we didn't have a clean enough system to move them through the process. So today, Taylor and I are going to share with you our process to move people through that lead chain, let's call it, to where they're either under contract as a buyer, they're either an active listing as a seller, in which case Bethany is managing them in the listing process, and then Brittany manages them contract to close, right? We're moving them through. They can't just live on the sheet of who knows what, and by the way, they haven't responded. So we're going to go through our system. Now, everyone has their own system. You have your way of doing it. What's important is that you have a system, number one, and not living in a binder somewhere that you used in 1937. (laughs) It's a system right now that you're using that you implement, that the team works with, and that's consistently followed. Everyone I talk to has, oh, amazing. I have the system. It is a beautiful system. Nobody uses it. So let's be clear. So we're going to give you a system that you can implement, whether you're, again, a realtor lender, and something you can follow. So quite frankly, easy to do if you commit to it. So Taylor's going to run us through this too, but I will tell you what used to happen, right? So we had a sheet and it would be like all the leads. Now we had them separated into categories. We're going to share some of those with you, but we'd have about three pages of them that were, oh, we haven't talked to them in this long. They haven't responded in this long. And they lived in, we'll call it the new lead category. And that just is ineffective because we're not moving that needle. We're not moving those people through. So we're going to give you what we do now. So Taylor, let's walk them through. First of all, what's the system in our team if a lead comes in? So if I call and then say, I need to buy a house, does it matter who they talk to and what's the process look like? Yeah, no, if you call into our office, I mean, typically if I'm at my desk, I am the first to answer the phone. That's just because I do leads. It's easier if I'm the first person to answer the phone, but I'm not always sitting there. So we all have a phone and whoever answers the phone is going to do the lead intake because it just makes more sense than saying, oh, well, Taylor's not here. Call back later. She'll call you back grab them while you got them. So all of us have a intake form. So we can grab it off our desk. We can fill it out really quick as we're talking to them. We're going to get their name, contact info. Have they met with a lender? Are they a buyer or seller? Where are they at? And then try to set an appointment on that initial call. Now, sometimes we have to juggle schedules and all that. So recently I did one and I was like, I'm going to send you an email with a link to a lender. Send me your availability and we're going to match up. But they get an email pretty quickly after. But that first phone call, it doesn't matter who's answering the phone. And I think that's huge 
because there's not that wait period of the lead person isn't here to intake it. So your goal every time is what? Get their info, set a meeting. Set an appointment. Mm -hmm. So always set an appointment. So let's be clear, set an appointment can be on Zoom or it can be in person. Now, right now, interestingly, I think everyone from Japan is moving to Charlottesville because I have all these (laughs) clients coming from Japan, which is interesting. So guess what? There will not be an in-person appointment. In fact, I will not meet them till after closing. So there's a Zoom appointment. I do not just want to do a phone call. I do not connect as well. No one connects on a call. Once they've seen your face, they see how excited you are. So it's an in-person or Zoom appointment every single time, unless they can't absolutely do it, then we will accept a phone call. But they have to Zoom or meet in person. I prefer in person because that's how they connect with you. So that's step one, right? So Let's say Bethany took the lead intake. You were showing a house. What's the next step in the team, right? Because I think people also say that, well, it's kind of messy. No, it doesn't have to. What does Bethany have to do and what's your job there? Yeah, everyone on the team, they know. We actually send an email out. So the whole team, new lead, name, info, appointment set or appointment needs to be set. So everyone on the team knows that way. If they call in later, Bethany answered it. Well, now Brittany answered it. And Brittany's like, I don't know who you are. We send out that email so everyone knows, but ultimately it all needs to come to me. So whether they did a paper intake form or sticky note intake form, however it came in and they got the information, it gets passed off to me. So then I can add it to our lead tracker and add it to our follow-up database. So we use follow-up boss that we actually got when I started. I got to look at different management systems and pick the one I liked and I think that's a really great program to use. And we don't even utilize it to its fullest extent because we have our own systems in place, but it'll pretty much do it for you. Yeah. And I think that's the important thing. So any lead, so whether I intake it, whoever intakes it, a lead is gold. It's a hot potato. Here's who they are and sending it to the whole team. Because if, again, someone else answers the phone and Chris didn't just call in, I just made her up, but you can be like, oh, hi, are you looking to buy or sell? What? I just did this, right? So it's very important that, hey, Kristen's called. She's going to call back or look out for an email or whatever the next step is. Lead tracker. We absolutely use a lead tracker. It's a lead tracker I've used since 2008. We've morphed Mm -hmm. it a little bit in the last few months, but it also goes into follow-up boss. Now, follow-up boss is a place I don't go. I've never been. I'm not even allowed there. Why that's important? It it spits out a spreadsheet that I work from. I am still Marjorie Paper. Mm -hmm. So yes, that's just how I roll. And so Taylor does all her work in follow-up boss because it's a program she's comfortable with and does everything she needs to do. She gets it to me in our spreadsheets that we do so that when we meet at least three times a week on leads and I can take notes on it, it goes back to her and I don't have to be in charge of going in and typing that into a follow box. Right. I ain't gonna happen. It's just not how I roll. So internal system works extremely well for her that then creates an external system that works for me, which is the most important for my management of it, right? So I think any system you implement, it can't be Taylor only has to do it my way for her management, but it can't be that I have to figure out something that I'm not going to use as the team leader. Because if the whole team can't work with the system, it's never going to become a system. So internal for the team, like they put everything in Dropbox. It's all beautiful on this document over here. Ah, uh-uh. I'm not going to go look for it, but it works internally and externally. I think that's super important. So let's go through mm-hmm. the next steps of how we move people along. Like we hold their hand to get them to obviously going under contract, looking for houses. So right. we have our spreadsheet or we'll call it follow-up boss. So we have categories and we have stages. So categories is easier. What are the categories? Buyer or seller. Wow. High tech. So if you're a lender, it's they need a loan, right? Someone needs a loan. Now, actually though, let's think about it. What could your categories be for a lender? It could be purchase, refi, right? So I mean, those Mm -hmm. are two different categories, two different systems. So I would have purchase and refi. So then stages. So 
This is important too. So we know we're moving people Mm -hmm. along. What's the first stage? What do we call those? So our first stage is just new lead, brand new, called in, hopefully set an appointment or we're in the process of setting an appointment. We have the minimal amount of information probably because some people don't like to give it all to you up front. Some people will give you every tiny detail. So that's been fun to learn to balance when you answer the phone. Are they going to give me something? Or they're like, no, please don't write my name down. That's the first step, new lead. So everyone gets marked new lead, new lead buyer, new lead seller. And from there, that's when we are trying to get them in front of Marjorie, whether that is in person or on Zoom, maybe a phone call if worst case scenario. A lot of people prefer Zoom right now. We just had a client Zoom us from her lunch break at work. It just makes you more accessible to people. So new lead is the first step. And that's really just, we know very little information. We have not got the ball rolling. They haven't officially agreed to work with us. So new lead, we get them to meet with a lender if they don't have a lender, because if they're going to Zoom with me, I want them Mm -hmm. to have spoken to a lender. Now, if I get them pretty quickly and then I have to refer them to my lender, I prefer that they've already been through that. But depending how quickly they need to meet where they are, we all have our processes. And for me, it was always first, they must do this. And then I want them Mm -hmm. to be pre-approved. And then I want them to do this. And I still do. So when we can, if we have enough of gaps, so they call on Tuesday, we're not going to meet on Zoom till Friday. They have plenty of time to talk to a lender. They call on Tuesday and my meeting time that works is five o'clock Tuesday. I got to talk to them and talk them through meeting with a lender. So no longer am I going to say, no, you're going to wait six days because bye-bye, they're not going to do that. Not in this market. Mm -hmm. So I'm a little more flexible in explaining to them the process there. But ideally they've met with a lender, then they meet with me in person or on Zoom. Or if it's a listing appointment, if it's a seller, we set the listing appointment that Bethany and I go to their home. So we go to the appointments together. That is stage one brand and new lead, right? So we're going to divert a little bit because what used to happen, we talked about was people living in new lead. Mm -hmm. People can live in new lead for different reasons, right? They weren't ready, right? right? They didn't respond. They contacted us and disappeared. That one has always blown me away. Hi, I'm calling you because I need to buy a house. Thank you for responding. I will never talk to you again. Then it's crickets. (laughs) You called me like I didn't like slide dial you and say I found you in the, you know, atmosphere. So let's talk about it because I think so obviously the new lead comes an appointment or it's a no response. Give them some examples because I think this is where people drop the ball too of what do we do? What's a system that, hey, they've reached out to us, ironically, they didn't respond. What is it that's on your list? How do you then either get them or do we move on? What does that look like? So we actually have, we have scripts for all of our content text for follow-up. I think it's 10 emails. I just always remember the final 10 email. Now, do they always follow that perfect system? No, it's very case by case. And it's usually Marjorie and I like, what are we going to do with this one? But after that initial phone call, ideally we set the meeting and it all flows perfectly. They're just there and ready and willing. But then you do, you have those people who call in and then they disappear. So usually if they're calling, it'll be a call to follow up because they called initially, they like phone call, but we do on the intake form, we ask their preferred method of contact. So if they say, email me, and only email me, we try to stick to that. So we do a minimum of six attempts because again, people have lives. Who knows? We have clients who've been like, oh my gosh, we've had major health scares or I was out of the country. I didn't check my email because it's not as urgent to them maybe as it is to us. So we do at least 10. It might be an email. Hey, so great talking to you two days ago. We'd really like to get that meeting on. Let us know when you're available. A day or two goes by, it'll be a phone call. 
If they don't answer, it's going to be a left voicemail, then probably another email that said, hey, I just left you a voicemail. Don't mean to bother you. And we're very careful to like put out there. We're not trying to bug you. We just want to make sure we aren't missing each other like ships in the night kind of thing. And we'll alternate between those methods of contacts, whether it's phone or email. And then when we get down to, okay, we've emailed three times. We've left two voicemails. We've actually gotten disconnected. Can't even leave a voicemail. Voicemail box is full. We'll send the final email that just says, we are here when you need us. Please reach out. We're not bugging you. And then they come off of our kind of front and center focus. And that's when we mark them to holds. So we'll review the holds once or twice a month. And those people that we know ghosted us, we might send or we're like, we'll wait a little bit while longer. And then sometimes they just magically pop up out of nowhere. Yeah. That's the funniest where it's like, oh, we're ready now. Oh, well, you can't. Now, mm-hmm. Your fingers were broken and your phone didn't work. And right. Because the biggest complaint, by the way, that people have about realtors is that we don't communicate. <laughs> so in our last email, it does says that, look, the number one complaint people have with their realtor is that they don't communicate. Right. Obviously, that is not something we do, but we're also not here to hound you. Right. So if you've gone in another direction, if this is not the time for you to buy or sell, please let us know. Otherwise, we are always here if you need us. And then we put them on a drip. So they come off the new lead because they are not my focus right now. My full energy needs to be on the other people that are on the list, moving them forward. But they don't come off until we've made enough attempts that we feel comfortable taking them out of our direct line of sight because again, life happens and yeah. you don't want to they're just... in hold, not trash. So let's call it purgatory. They're in the lead, lead purgatory, purgatory because they didn't respond. So I haven't totally forgot them. I'll still drip on them. Now trash is... Uh, we've decided not to move there. We connected with someone else, even though like we chase them down, whatever mm-hmm. it may be, then they get trashed. If they've made another decision, now you all, some of you will follow up on them and you put them in another database right. and you'll continue dripping on just not my choice to do. If they've fully committed, I'm not moving to Charlottesville, certainly. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now I'm not moving right now. They go into hold and then they get right. dripped on. We're not moving till next year. Great. Then we know mm-hmm. com- this is the communication. This is the next time. Like four months before they say they're ready, we start because they say I'm not going to move till next June. They're going to hear from us in January. Right. And by the that's way, the great thing about our system follow up boss. Yes. It's just one of the programs I can set a task first. So if they say, oh, actually, we're going to wait until six months from now, I can go set a task for four months from now or wherever we decide is a comfortable spot. So they don't fall off of our radar because it's really easy for someone to fall off your radar if you're not, oh, believe me, putting them somewhere. Hence you. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, here's the thing. And also we're not going to buy till next June. Ah, okay. So we know, are they buying right now? No. But starting in January, I say, hey, are you still looking to move this year? Then we should set up our consult because I need to get you familiar with the market because spring market starts early. I don't wait until March. I do it in January. And then if they're like, nope, it's another year, I'll put them on hold Mm -hmm. again. And we will capture people three years out who are now finally ready. But if you wait too long, they connect with someone else. So I think there's the don't bother them. Like you don't want to be like, oh my gosh, if she doesn't leave me alone, but you don't want to wait so long. They've made another connection, I think is a key. So now new lead, we've had our meeting with the next name that we call them. Yes. So we move them from new lead after the initial meeting, they've met with a lender or kind of at Marjorie's discretion where we feel they are, they go into qualified lead. So qualified lead to us is typically they are qualified to buy a home or start the selling process. Like they are in a position where we can actually talk the nitty gritty details. And that includes signing a listing agreement with us or sign a buyer agency agreement with us. We know that they are ours. Now they can be qualified lead and still be thinking, I want to wait six months. So we might not hold them because it's a smaller time period, but qualified lead is we've already done the full intake. They've hit all these check boxes for us. We can start moving forward. It's a new leading qualified lead. Ideally, it's a very short process because we want to bump them 
further. But qualified lead is where the Bethany definitely steps in when they're sellers. So then we do a little bit of tag teaming and she does most of the contacting, but then I keep track of all of the contacts. We have a sheet that says last contact. So Marjorie can see the last contact was yesterday. So they know all of those communication points. Yep. So that's the goal, right? So new lead, now they're a qualified lead. Then once they've signed the listing agreement or we said, yes, we're absolutely working together, they become in process. That's the exciting part. Yes, in process. And what does that mean? So if you're a buyer and you're in process, what does that mean you're doing? So in process buyers, they've done all of this. They are now on auto email. We've set their criteria. They're getting notified of homes that match. They are looking at houses. We are doing showings. We are in the the weeds of trying to find a home. So they're committed to us. We are in the process. And we've got people who stay in process for a while because it takes longer to find. And some of them magically, they come in and then they're already through the whole thing because it just worked out that way. But in process... We tag them in process buyer, in process seller, because they are very different parts because the buyers obviously are looking at homes and selling homes. And then sellers, they're in the staging, prepping, repairs, photos, all that pre-listing stuff. Bethany takes care of all that on our team. So our listing manager takes care of all of that, where I'm doing the scheduling and showing for homes. Now we do tag team that still just for availability, but the staging is all on that listing manager. But again, I'm still getting all the updates to track the lead because it might be someone we have people who are taking photos now, but they're not actually going to list for a while. So there's still that process. We still have to stay on them and stay on their radar because we don't want them to just disappear. Yeah. So I think that's the important thing is where they sit, but it's always the management might be buyer you and then listing Bethany. However, I have to be Mm -hmm. on every single person. So how involved am I? I want to know always last contact and then next contact. So to me, that lead management, it's set up in my spreadsheet that the most recent contact is on top. Mm -hmm. And then I can see the email of the 10th, the conversation on the third, that I can see how in communication we are, what we need to bump up, how I need to push them along or how I need to make an extra call because wait, I don't Mm -hmm. know why this is taking so long or whatever it may be, or what they've just lost their second house as in this market happens, right? Buyers can stay in process way longer because we made an offer and we got outbid or Mm -hmm. whatever it may be. So I have to also remember all of that. So to me, it's very important that I'm always kept in the loop of all of those things. So my external brains and spreadsheets mean that I am always knowing. So when they call in, it's like, yes, I know that I saw that come across the MLS (laughs) today too. And I know that Taylor's taking you today at two o'clock. I can't dial out, but I can't be the only one that's managing all that because that ain't going to happen, right? So then the goal then becomes they go from in process to under contract for buyers. So we once they have written an offer and the offer has been accepted, they go to pending under contract. We don't mark them as that just because they made an offer because then the tags can get all messed up. They don't change from stage to stage until it is a official that they're in that stage because that's a real easy way to get your people mixed up and they fall off when you try to download your spreadsheets and you try to give them to Marjorie for her to look at. It's like, oh, wait, that person's not actually there. So buyers go depending on a contract. Sellers just go to active. When they are actively listed on the market and their house is out there for showings, they go active. And then both of those eventually will go to closed. Yes. Yay. Yay. Hopefully quickly. Then again, Bethany manages. So it's mm-hmm. very important that it's very clear who does what, when, why. Sometimes I'll come in and I'll be like, Bethany, da, 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 da. And she's like, Taylor. <laughs> They're also very right. good at like, nope, nope, remember? And it's like, yes, because even I, who obviously created this system, the biggest thing is that to me, everyone, that external brain is important. I know this has to happen. I have got to get it out of my internal brain mm-hmm. to my 
team external brains to make sure everything happens and that communication always happens as it should. And so every Monday morning, mm-hmm. when you come in, what do you do first? So I, throughout the week, I'm putting every update I can into follow-up boss for each person. So Bethany will be yelling at me across the hall. I just talked to so-and-so or she's forwarding to me an email and I'm adding all their last contacts, any updates for the leads. Specifically on Mondays though, I will go back through my main list and pull anything that may have happened over the weekend because usually everything happens over the weekend somehow. And the great thing about our system is it pulls all of Marjorie's emails into it and my emails and Bethany's emails. So I can see all the communication that's going on and filter it by last contact and then just pop it all over. And then I download it all off a follow-up boss. Into a lovely printable, not too small writing because man, the mm -hmm. font is too small. Into a Marjorie readable document. And then what do we do, you and me? And so I tier them on that document for Marjorie. I rearrange it all. So she sees them in order, newly qualified in process. And we have a buyer sheet a seller sheet. And then every couple of weeks we have a hold sheet and we sit down and we talk about every single person that's on that list. Now, sometimes it might be like, oh, we don't need to talk about them. Like it might not be a task or a to-do item for each person, but Marjorie's going to put her pin on every single name. Now, sometimes the sheet's printed and something's already happened that's not on there. And so I'm shouting out stuff, Bethany's shouting out stuff. And then Marjorie's marking notes on them of what she wants me to do for follow-up. Now, typically I know I'll already be like, hey, you need to write this down because we need to do this. And it'll be, hey, they need this email. They need this phone call or don't bother them right now. They've got a lot going on because you might not know something that I don't know. And then I take it and then I start writing drafts. I start writing emails or scheduling tasks because we don't want to talk to them today. We want to talk to them in two weeks, but we are touching every lead a couple times a week. Yeah. So we meet every Monday and Mm -hmm. then generally it might be Wednesday or Thursday, but the tasks on Monday lead us through the week, Mm -hmm. right? So I need to call them Wednesday. I need to see them this day. I have this Zoom. So when I have an appointment set and I'm going to do a Zoom, do I prepare the folder and everything for the appointment or who does that? So whenever appointments are coming up, if it's buyers, I'm prepping the folders. If it's sellers, Bethany, listing manager is prepping the folders. And so in our folders, We, especially early on, it's going to be all of our forms and documents about use, intake, our 10 commandments, our reticular activator stuff, a map. And then I print Marjorie's emails or whatever emails, whoever, because sometimes the communication with the buyers will come from me. Sometimes they come from Marjorie. We kind of mix and match who's communicating, but we print all of those communications or have notes in there. So she knows when she sits down at the meeting, she can flip right there and pull that rather than sitting there and being like, I have no idea when I talk to you or who you are. It's already there. So I prep all of that. Usually I'm hopefully in the meetings, but sometimes they happen in the evening. So I will prep the whole folder and slide it in her bag. So she has it all. And that way she's not trying to pull up an email here and pull up these notes from here. It's all in that folder. And the folders will stay with them until they are in process. We keep the folders, but we really don't. They disappear. We don't do much with them after that because they're in process. We don't need to remember that we set a Zoom call at this time or they talk to a lender at this time because we already know that they are. And it's in follow-up boss anyway. But here's the thing for me. So again, how this is how I work. So I'm bringing this up because a lot of times people be like, you print the emails. Here's why. Mm -hmm. So- They came as an intake. 
and let's say you talk to them Mm -hmm. and then they call back and then let's say Bethany talked to them. And then since then they had a conversation with you, they've asked for the buyer agency agreement. You've answered certain questions. You've already sent them to our lender and now they're going to talk to me. So there have been a series of things that I need to know. And the easiest way for me is 10 minutes for the appointment or whatever it is before I log into Zoom, I have the folder, what's newest is on top. And I can say, oh, look, they have been sent the buyer agency agreement. They have already been sent our lender information. They are supposed to talk to me about that tonight. Mm -hmm. I know their preliminary information, what they're looking for is, I know their concern is, or they have this house to sell. So I can do my due diligence to be prepared for that call. And I don't have to dig through things or wonder, wait, did we send them Mm -hmm. this? Because I don't look very smart if I go, oh, we'll send you a buyer agency agreement. Oh, I already have one. I'll make sure you get our lender's information. You already sent that to me, right? So it has to be very clear. And that's how my brain Mm -hmm. works. Now you guys can all log into the follow-up boss and figure that out. I ain't doing it. So they make that work for me. Once they become a client, it goes into our internal systems and they work them their way. But my point is I have to be prepared. And I have to know exactly what's going on so I can consult with that buyer or seller. Mm-hmm. What what questions does the seller ask? What expectations do they have? Sometimes it's cold. We don't know much. We've referred them to the lender. That's all there is. That's great. Then I know how to, to steer this conversation. So I think that you guys will all figure out your way. Like there's the Marjorie way that works for me, how my brain, lots of stuff in here, high processing, let's get it done brain works. And mm-hmm. some people are much more, I'm going to log into the system. Great. Do it your way, but it has to work. The team has to know how it works for you. And then I have to be able to turn that folder back over to Taylor. Here's the instructions to set them on auto email. Please send them over the buyer agency agreement to sign. It goes back to her with tasks that I have to direct, which is why I take my notes and I do my interview. I fill in the sheet. I fill in the information. I have to ask the questions. Mm -hmm. I have to follow the system just like they do. So I think the big key in this is it's a system. It's a process. It's one that we all must follow. Right. And then it's consistent. Right. And so I think we do everything we can to capture every lead we can. Right. And so we have a system in place to make sure we're communicating with them. But I'm also not going to beat my head against the wall at some point. Like if you called me and after 10 attempts in different ways, I'm going to not get rid of you necessarily, but you don't need my brain power right now, right? Like if you can't in 10 texts and calls and emails, even just, hey, sorry, super busy, be back later, or I'm out of the country. Like if you Mm -hmm. have an autoresponder that says you're out of the country, yes, then we got to note that down. But to me, it's like, I want to take our team's energy and time and resources to focus on those clients that want our time, energy mm-hmm. and resources or that that communicate in some way. So that's how we do it. And so I think the key is how do you do it? What are your systems, everyone that's listening and who manages that? Because I will say, if it's just you, then you've got to have a really good a follow-up boss or whatever your program is. And then you've got to schedule time into your calendar every day. First thing, leads, mm-hmm. right? And you can't just be like, oh, I was so busy on my social media calendar today that I ignored the leads that came in. Everything stops. Right. I don't care what Taylor's doing. If she's doing a project or whatever, or any of us are doing, if the phone rings and it's a lead, you stop what you're doing, right? That lead needs full attention. We don't ignore it. We don't not return the phone call. I would lose my marbles if I found out that a lead sat all day and no one responded to them. That's unacceptable. So that has to be kind of the Mm -hmm. way your process and brain works to bring leads in. And to me, having Tay-Tay here, who's really good at it and who also will say, hey, like I've got these drafts for you. I need you to send this or you're going to call this person. This is Mm -hmm. what they asked. You need to get back to them. Here's what they're confused about. Having that person that's keeping us on target and on task where everything else we have to do is key. 
And I think you having a system too that you were willing to morph some for me coming in because Marjorie's system is very paper. You work that way. And the original documents and Google Sheets for me, I couldn't have. But we found a middle ground of a system that worked for me. Then I morph it into a system that works for you and we meet in the middle. And I think if you're doing it all on your own, obviously it can be whatever you want it to be. But I think if you're doing it with a team, you do have to meet in the middle because- if not, we wouldn't be tracking as efficiently as we But we created the 10-step follow-up process has been a trial and error. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. I don't, nope, we're going to reword this. Nope, we need one more step here. Nope, we right. need to. So it's an evolution of practice. So I think if you create the system as you use the system, you realize, well, that didn't work as well. Like how we set up the sheets. I don't know how she didn't quit because literally we'd print them out and I appreciate the printing and it'd be like, no, that doesn't make sense. It'd be like, you like it this way, right? Yeah, I love it this way. Next week, I hate it. <laughs> okay, great. But finally, I was like, this is the way it is. Yes, but it's the way it's going to be. And now I think we've both submitted. Super efficient. I mean, I think no one's falling through the cracks. Everyone feels Mm -hmm. taken care of. Everything is working as it should. It takes what? Less than 10 minutes to go through the sheet because I'm tracking it every day. It's not, I have to go dig through a week's worth of stuff to find something. It's, we knock it out. So it's a big time commitment up front to start the process, but. Once you get it going, it's pretty dummy proof. Well, and again, it's to me, isn't it weird? Like as you, if you heard me start, it was like the fourth person did lead management. Now let's be clear. I always did lead management. Absolutely. Bethany's second job was also lead management where we're so listing heavy, right? It was like, she has to prioritize something. So you don't have to just hire a tailor now, but if the person that's their task, one of their top three jobs, and I'd argue their top job is lead management. And there's so much on their plate that that is not getting done mm-hmm. because, and it's not that anyone did anything wrong. It's that they have too much. There are too many things. Then you've got to have someone, you or a person that that lead management is their number one focus period, because that's how we manage to retain and convert more leads, especially right. in a tougher market. So I'm listening to this. How are you all doing either just you or your team? How is lead management going? Is it seamless? Does anyone fall through the cracks? Is there a process when they don't follow up? Is there a process to move them through the chain from first call till closing and beyond? Right. And if not, that is something, especially now that we need to perfect. Right now, I'd say get a tailor. You can't have mine, but that's a step to take mm-hmm. when you can. But you got to make sure you guys have this dialed in. I wish you had a tailor. Again, you ain't getting mine, but I'm super excited. You were great. Taylor's a teacher. She's super good at talking in front of people too. <laughs> super comfortable. Yeah, so, so hire a teacher is maybe the answer. Yes, hire a teacher and take great care of them. Have them sign blood oaths. Okay, Taylor. Thank you for joining me on Real Estate Unscripted. I hope you guys got a lot out of this and I cannot stress the importance of lead management, making sure you have your systems in place. Real Estate Unscripted is sponsored by Alcova Mortgage. Alcova is committed to simplifying the mortgage process. Check out the tools we offer to realtors and homebuyers at alcova.com slash realtors. Alcova Mortgage, equal housing lender, NMLS ID number 40508, NMLS Before we go, please show us some love by subscribing on your listening platform of choice and leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Make sure you share this with your friends and be sure to listen in next week. Until then, this is Marjorie Adam. Don't forget to check out the show notes for a recap. This podcast was made possible by listeners like you. Thank you so much for your support.